1: As 10 o'clock on this Thursday, the 31st and final morning of the month of January in the year of our Lord, 2019. Two weeks ago, there was a march in Washington, D.C., the 46th annual March for Life. My daughter was in attendance along with a lot of her students, or excuse me, her classmates from uh, Ilaria Catholic High School. Hundreds of thousands of people gathered together to rally for, for the defenseless, to rally for the unborn. One of the keynote speakers at that event was Abby Johnson. Abby Johnson has a very unique background, but rather than me telling you what it is before she joins me live on AM 1420 The Answer, I'll let her tell you from her speech at the March for Life.
2: I was once a Planned Parenthood director. I was the person who was pushing women, manipulating them, exploiting them, coercing them into having abortions. I believe that abortion was always the right decision for an unplanned pregnancy. But after seeing a 13-week-old baby fight and struggle for his life in the womb, during an abortion procedure, my life was changed. After leaving our country's largest abortion provider, I founded a ministry called And Then There Were None. Our goal is, our goal is to love abortion clinic workers out of the abortion industry and into a place of healing.
1: That is Abby Johnson, who joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Abby, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us once again here in Cleveland, Ohio. How are you?
2: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me
1: on again. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I last spoke with you about three years ago, as I know you do a lot of interviews and a lot of media to try to spread the message of your ministry, and thank goodness for you doing that. Uh, I felt like I needed to reach out to you again now because of, well, the obvious reasons. Abby... It's gone from just a fight between pro-life because we believe uh, life begins at conception against pro-abortion or pro-choice because they do not believe these are human beings, that these are medical tissue, clumps of cells, um, uh, fetuses, not babies, and so on. But, Abby, it's going – I don't know how we got where we are, but the far left has taken this – to a new level. You said in your speech there what changed your life and got you away from the Planned Parenthood infanticide centers was seeing a 13-week-old baby being taken apart and aborted uh, via an ultrasound. What about a 26-week-old? What about a 36-week-old? What about a baby at 40 weeks? Because that's where we are in New York. They're pushing for in Virginia, in Rhode Island, in Massachusetts. Abby, it's getting worse and worse and I felt like I needed to get you to speak out on this. What uh, What's happening?
2: Yeah, I actually think that um, people, I I feel like these legislators are feeling a little backed into a corner right now. I think that, um, you know, we can see a time where rogue will be overturned in the court. And so... You know, instead of just saying, "Well, when that time comes, we'll let it go to the states," they're actually trying to amend the state constitutions, which is very difficult to undo. Um, but they're trying to amend the state constitutions so that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, um, then women will not have to worry about having some sort of vote or that uh, you know abortion will be legal in in their state. Um, it's it's really. You know, it's one thing if, if I, you know, uh, tell somebody, it, you know, I talk to somebody and they say, oh, well, you know, well, you know, eight weeks, it's not really baby, whatever. Okay. Like, I can understand why they would, I don't agree with them, but I can understand mm-hmm. why, why they would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're talking about fully four babies here that are viable outside of the womb, 24 weeks plus, that, you know, you know, now we hear in Virginia, uh, the governor says, well, you know, if the baby's born alive, then the mother gets to decide if the baby lives or not. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? Do you suffocate the baby? Do you, how do you, I mean, when the baby's born, the baby should become a patient as well as the mother,
1: the uh, Abby Johnson is my guest. Abby Johnson again, uh, as you heard, uh, former Planned Parenthood director, now one of the the country's leading and most vocal pro uh, life activists. That that's what I wondered as well. If you listen to what the governor said in that radio interview in Virginia yesterday, he said that we'll resuscitate, we'll we'll make the the, the infant comfort. won't notice, Abby, he says infant. He he doesn't say fetus. Now it's an infant. And and we're yeah. going to make the infant
3: comfortable. In fact, let me see if I have this part of it, and, we'll, and we can respond to it together. Hey, bro, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered, uh, the infant would be kept comfortable, uh, the infant would be resuscitated if if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So so I think this was really blown out of proportion.
1: Blown out of proportion, Abby. He's talking about either resuscitating and, and providing life uh, uh, giving care to the baby which as you say is a separate patient now that uh, the baby has been born, the infant has been born or not providing life-saving care and either allowing it to die and to choke on the amniotic fluid that may still be in its throat or, or whatever the case might be. But he, again, he's using the word infant, which brings to mind what? Infanticide.
2: Well, okay, what if this is a 36-week-old baby? Mm. Baby doesn't need oxygen. Baby can live on its own, right? So what do you do then? You starve the baby to death? Do you, I mean, <laughs> it's just, we're talking about, homicide at that right. point and i i just it it's 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 so depraved um, I just don't even understand i mean it's like does he hear himself talking has he ever you know, witness to
1: birth. I mean, does he have children? He's a he's a pediatric neuro a neurologist, Abby, and that's the most by trade. He's a doctor. He's a pediatric neurologist yeah. turned politician, and he said he spent his entire life caring for children. And to suggest that he doesn't care about children is uh, is disgusting and false. That's what he tweeted after all of this. But is it, so this, not, but not,
2: you know, he's saying, oh, it's a disgusting insinuation. It's not an continuation, sir. This is what you said yourself.
1: Yeah, that—that's what I, makes I, this so. That's what makes this so uh, hard to comprehend. Uh, do you see Abby Johnson? Um, I, I read somebody comparing this, and I think I, I have come to agree with it. And I want to see if you do. Uh, uh, that one of my Facebook friends described this as a seismic shift of the Overton window, which, uh, which essentially is to make one thing be so ghastly and so outrageous that it makes something that is dis- also disgusting but lesser so seem tame by comparison. This, this, yeah, you know, aborting at the moment of of delivery, or now according to the governor of Virginia, after delivery, killing after the baby. Delivery, yeah, yeah, that that makes first and second trimester abortions seem like okay. Those are all right now. Is is that the strategy here?
2: Yeah, I don't know if that's like the strat I don't know if that's really the strategy, but I do think that we're, that's what we're going to see happening. Well, well, at least I you know I didn't abort in the third trimester. At least I aborted in the first trimester. I. You know, I don't know. It is so, you know, I have to say, I mean, I look, I've done a lot of terrible things when I worked at Planned Parenthood. I, but third trimester abortion was something that myself and most of my colleagues said that is too far. Um, most, and what's, what's been interesting actually is to see pro choice people looking at this law going, whoa, wait a minute, that's, that's too much. Um, so the fact that these lawmakers are so out of touch, even with what their pro-choice constituents want, is really bizarre to me. And I don't understand why they continue to push this forward.
1: Abby, I want to call on your experiences when you were a director uh, at the Planned Parenthood facility. Um because a big question in this country right now, as we see what happened in New York with Governor Cuomo signing that bill allowing uh, abortion literally up to the moment of delivery, all the mother has to do is say, I'm not mentally ready for this, and now suddenly that means her mental health is in jeopardy so we can abort this baby uh, literally right before it enters the birth canal. Or in partial birth abortions, after its uh, a body has passed through the canal with the exception of the head still inside the cervix. Um, so people are asking all over this country, how common are those? How frequently or infrequently do third trimester abortions happen now? Given your experience with the clinic, with Planned Parenthood, uh, can you answer okay. that? Do you have an idea of how, yeah. how, how how common it is?
2: So I believe the latest statistics that we have um, tell us that about 14,000 third trimester abortions take place a year. So when you... You know, when you look at the numbers, you go, know, "Oh, it's such a small percentage." But when you actually flesh that number out, we're looking at over ten thousand children that are being aborted in the third trimester. So, um, it's it's a significant number. It's not one or two, which would be too many. Um, but you know, we're talking about you know ten to fifteen thousand babies a year
1: well you know it, it, we can talk about it as a tiny percentage you're right of the number of babies aborted every year uh, the tiny percentage of this happening in the third trimester but when you look at raw numbers 10,000 is three times more than were killed people who were killed at the in, on 911 at, at the world trade center and at the pentagon and we're talking about thousands of innocent lives being taken so i don't think we can overstate that when you say you know if it's 2000 or 10,000 it's an extraordinarily ridiculous number because we're we're legitimizing that type of horrific death because remember in the third trimester uh, babies can feel pain their nervous systems are developed uh they can feel everything that we can feel so if their arms are being ripped off of their bodies as part of the dismemberment before delivery or if they're being injected with the uh with the solution that uh essentially kills them from the inside out all of these things are extraordinarily painful and if it's mm-hmm. i don't care if it's two or two thousand or ten or ten thousand right i mean people need yeah. to know about the Horrors of this, and and any of them are unacceptable.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you know, people like this governor of Virginia. Say, oh, comfort care. Okay, what what kind of comfort care is provided for the child in the womb that's being aborted? None, right? So now, though, once the baby's born, he wants to provide comfort care before he kills it. We're actually in that situation. We're actually talking about what happened with Gosnell in Pennsylvania um, where he was killing babies after they were born alive. By the way, he's serving several consecutive sentences for murder in a Pennsylvania penitentiary. So why is it okay for the governor to say, well, this is acceptable, but Gosnell is serving life term for doing the exact same thing because it's not okay because it's homicide because it's murder.
1: Yeah, um, if you recall, uh, Gosnell said, um, after his conviction, he said he is perfectly comfortable with what he, has done, what he has done and that he said it will be fully acceptable in this country within his lifetime. Yep. He was right. That's he right. was right. He, he went to prison six years ago. I think he was convicted in 2013. And Abby Johnson, he was right. Here we are in 2019, and the governor of Virginia is signing a law or yep. wants to sign a law that says what he did is A-OK uh, with the state of Virginia. That's that's a staggering thing. <laughs> 10:25. As we continue on AM 1420, the answer,
0: where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth, she has physical signs of, of that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating, uh,
2: Mr. Chairman. That would be a you know a decision that. The doctor, the physician, and the woman. I understand that. that I'm asking
0: if your bill allows that.
3: My bill would allow that, yes.
1: That is the awkward an uncomfortable silence when you ask a, an abortionist, a pro-abortionist, to actually defend their evil uh, out loud. Uh, Kathy Tran, the delegate, deb- Democrat delegate in Virginia, could not do that until she was forced to do so, in direct questioning by her Republican colleague. We continue now with Abby Johnson in reaction to that and more. Abby Johnson, a former Planned Parenthood director and now one of the uh, leading pro-life activists in this country. Abby, I, I say this, or I ask this, Obviously, not to shame you, I think you have said many times through the years you are ashamed of what you used to do, but I just want to ask, because you, you've said that you are, uh, participated in or were responsible for in some way as the director of a clinic, up to 22,000 abortions. Um, can you talk about... Any personal experiences or knowledge of third-trimester abortions among those 22,000 at your clinics? Is that something Planned Parenthood does on a a regular basis or a fairly regular basis from your own experiences there?
2: Planned Parenthood generally does not do third-trimester abortions. There are only about five physicians in the country that will perform abortions in the third-trimester um, they have clinics in New Mexico, Colorado, Maryland. Um, those are the and those are the primary places that they go. But there's about five physicians. Um, two of them actually studied under Dr. George Tiller, um, who was killed and who, of course, was a notorious late-term abortion provider. Right. Um, So there's only a handful of doctors that perform them. Um, Warren Hearn in Boulder, Colorado, is probably the most well-known. He's been performing these procedures since the 70s. Um, Is it it safe to
1: say, Abby, if I'm sorry to interrupt, but is it safe to say that because these states are now moving to legalize it, because it's been illegal, third trimester abortions have been illegal after yeah. 20 or 24 weeks in, in, in so many states, that now that these states are trying to do this the way New York just did, that number is going to grow. Uh, I mean, if the profit is there, these, you know, if they're willing to kill a baby at 24, you, you changed your life because of what you watched with a 13 year old, uh, baby in gestation. Uh, if, if they're willing to do it at 20 weeks or 22 weeks, uh, I mean, I cannot imagine now that it will be legalized in so many of these, uh, states that there will be abortionists who have no problem doing it at 30 weeks or 36 weeks or all the way up to the very moment of, of delivery. Well, and I'll
2: tell you from my experience, it's extremely lucrative. For the abortion provider, so um, these abortion providers to abort a baby at 30 weeks gestation, we're talking about fifteen, seventeen thousand um, dollars. So it's extremely lucrative for them uh, to to provide the uh, to provide the late term abortion procedure. Um, so I, I mean, you're right. If you're going to do it at 24 weeks. Oh, you know, elective abortions. Why not do it at twenty eight and charge fifteen thousand dollars? Why not do it at thirty? I mean,
1: why stop, right? And 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 many of these procedures are covered by health care or by health insurance because they're considered women's reproductive health care. It's not considered to be what we know it to be, which is essentially the you know the murder of a the murder of a child. It's considered health care, so they don't have to pay for except for maybe the copay or you know, and of course their premiums. Uh, Abby, uh, last thing because we're exactly right. Please yeah, about continue.
2: 50% of insurance companies will cover elective terminations up until 40 weeks, and the Canadian government is actually paying for women to come down to the United States and have abortions in the third
1: trimester. Wow. That is, that is a staggering realization. And, Abby, before you go... Um uh, you mentioned Roe v Wade and that maybe the reason why so many of these states are taking these actions to um, uh, to expand abortion access is because they fear that maybe Roe v Wade will be on its way to uh being challenged mm-hmm. and and possibly overturned what's your opinion on that do you think that's likely uh given the fact that um you know Brett Kavanaugh uh, has has he was he's a pro life ju- justice and when he was uh confirmed just a couple of months ago he said, "In my view, um, Roe v. Wade is a settled is settled law, and I am not here to undo settled law. Uh, so, do you think that we'll ever really truly see that challenged and and defeated uh, at the Supreme Court level?
2: I do, but I think so. I think RBG is going to have to retire, mm-hmm. um, one way or another." And then I think if we get a truly, I you know—I don't know about Kavanaugh, I don't know if he's really full life or not, but I do know that if we get a justice like Amy Barrett in the court, then I think that we will absolutely have the majority, and they will have the opportunity to challenge Roe. I think it is possible. Um, I think it's very possible, and I think it's something that, that we all really need to be hoping and praying for. <laughs>
1: Well, I know that there are millions who are praying for just that, and I know a lot of them are inspired by you. And one last thing before you go. You have a movie coming out in the spring. I want to see a trailer so bad for Unplanned, and I can't find one. Can you tell me, is there a trailer available? I'm sorry? There is. It
2: Actually, it was just released today. Really? uh, Yeah, the trailer was just released today. And, uh, yes, you should be able to Google it and find it. On the Internet, you can also find it on unplannedfilm.com, coming out and? March 29th.
1: Uh, that was my next question, is when does the film premiere? Okay, so it's March 20 20- I cannot even imagine the pushback that you are going to get from the progressive left and the uh, pro-abortionists about this film when it premieres. They're going to be calling to boycott it and not uh, let uh, uh, theaters carry it or anyone anyone air it. It's going to be an, an unbelievable pushback against you, and that's why I want to salute you for doing it. It is long overdue, to be quite honest with you. So uh, I'd love to have you back on before March 29th when it does premiere, Abby, so that we can promote the living daylights out of this. It is very, very Absolutely. important film. Unplannedfilm.com, did you say, Abby Johnson? Un- un- Unplannedfilm.com. Un- Unplannedfilm.com. I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to put it on my Facebook page. I'll put it everywhere I can so that everyone can see the uh, the trailer for Abby's movie. Abby, thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you have uh, been doing. And uh, and God uh, God bless you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you
2: so much.
1: Abby Johnson on AM 1420, The Answer. She is, uh, of course, an extraordinarily, uh, profoundly important pro-life activist. If you'd like to respond to that conversation, dial now. We'll put you on after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. 20, The Answer. 10:38. Now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer we've been uh, very busy with guests the last hour or so. Not a lot of time for phone calls, so I do want to take your calls now at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five and triple eight two eight one eleven ten. I want to before I do though, I want I want to clear up. Well, first of all, I want to say this. Dang it! Darn it! Confound it! Uh It's not up yet. That trailer is not up yet. I just went to the website during the break that, uh, Abby was telling me about, which is unplannedfilm.com. And the trailer is not released yet today. It's going to be today, but it's not up there yet. As a matter of fact, I'm also on the Facebook page for unplanned. Uh, and it, uh, this was, this was actually posted yesterday. Uh, by the producers or whoever is running their social media for them. It says, official trailer releases tomorrow, Thursday, January 31st. In theaters everywhere, March 29th. Unplanned is the inspiring true story of one woman's journey of transformation. All Abby Johnson ever wanted to do was help women. As one of the youngest Planned Parenthood clinic directors in the nation, she was involved in upwards of 22,000 abortions and counseled countless women about their reproductive choices until the day she saw something that changed everything. That's the movie. It's called Unplanned. And um, like I said, I'm looking for a trailer. And she says it's going to be released today. Uh, it just isn't yet. As soon as I find it, I will tweet it. I will Facebook it. Keep checking back if you like. And follow me on those social media pages at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, all one word, no spaces or underscores. You can also search for Radio Done Right. All right. Now, before I go uh, to the phone calls, I also wanted to just spotlight some of the uh, uh, important information about that Virginia law that uh, Republicans were successful in defeating for now, yesterday. Republicans were successful in defeating that uh, proposed law, the one by Kathy Tran that I was just um, playing a short clip of as she stammered and yammered and and uh, struggled to say out loud what she didn't want to say, which is, yes, we can kill babies right at the moment that they were born. Then, of course, Governor Ralph Northam uh, trumping that with his statement yesterday to a Virginia radio show saying that um, multiple physicians are involved in this. There
3: may be severe deformities. There may be a a fetus that's non-viable. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Simply
1: bone-chilling, skin-crawling. It is just that bad. It's also a lie, he said, the physicians, as if this is a team of physicians, all of whom are unanimous in their agreement that, yes, this mother's mental health is in such jeopardy that we should kill this full-term baby, either before or after the actual delivery, right? It's a lie, and that part matters. David French at National Review uh, wrote about this yesterday. Yes, the Virginia abortion bill is just as barbaric as you've heard I'm beginning to see some of the pushback online against claims that Virginia's so-called repeal act is as barbaric as pro-life activists activists claim, or as barbaric as its own sponsor testified. In a now viral video, Democrat Delegate Kathy Tran confirmed that the bill would permit third trimester abortions, even when the mother has physical signs that she's about to give birth, including when she's dilating. In response, a number of people are passing around arguments such as this from attorney Max Kennerly. The Virginia Bill anti-choice people are screaming, It's like how they call us anti-choice, not pro-life, anti-choice. The Virginia Bill anti-choice people are screaming about prohibit, prohibits abortion in the third trimester unless A, at a licensed hospital, B, with doctor certifying pregnancy is likely to cause harm to the mother, and C, life supports available and, u- and used if the fetus is viable. But rather than rely on tweets, writes David French, or even the testimony of the bill sponsor, let's look at the bill text itself. Thanks to the strike feature from the Virginia website, you can see exactly how the bill would change current law. And those changes are chilling. The bill reduces, in fact, the number of doctors to require or doctors required to certify the alleged medical need for an abortion from three down to one, meaning just one ghoulish doctor has to say, yeah, I can see this is going to really stress you. Mental health box check. Let's kill that baby. Not three, one. And critically, it eliminates any required showing of severity before the doctor and mother can determine that the birth would impair her physical or mental health. So it doesn't have to be severe mental health. It could just be, again, I'm really stressed. I don't think I can be a mom. Kill the baby. By the way, it staggers the mind that the word adoption is never even included in this bill. How about if the baby is born before you can have it killed in utero, That you can't kill it, you must save it, and then you can give it away if you choose. Under the bill's actual text, virtually any claim of impairment would suffice to meet the act's requirements. Any claim of impairment. Anxiety, depression, the conventional physical challenges of postpartum recovery, any of those things could justify taking the life of the fully formed, completely viable living infant. That is infanticide. That is barbarism. If there's any silver lining to that pitch black cloud it's the fact uh, that the act would at least retain current laws born alive protections requiring that measures for life support for the product of such abortion or miscarriage shall be available and utilized if there's any clear visible evidence of viability. This language along with generalized prohibitions against murder render moot Governor Ralph Northam's ominous musings that a discussion would ensue after the baby is resuscitated. Even Ever since Donald Trump clinched the GOP nomination, and the vast majority of GOP officeholders fell uh, into line behind the nominee. I've heard and read countless critiques of GOP cowardice. Politicians are too afraid of the base to say what they really think. They're too petrified of influential conservative media voices to break with Trump. Much of that criticism is valid. But where is the criticism of Democrat politicians who are so, un- so afraid of their own online mob that they refuse to raise their voices even against infanticide? A Gallup poll this summer found that only 13% of Americans favor making third trimester abortions generally legal. The truth is, only 18% of Democrats shared that position. So where are you, Democrat legislators? Where are you, Democrat politicians and leaders? Why are you not speaking out against barbaric murder? Make no mistake, this bill fundamentally, or excuse me, functionally, renders third trimester abortions generally legal. It takes nothing more than an agreement of a mother and a doctor that there is any degree of even mental impairment to kill that child. Are Virginia Democratic lawmakers ready to go that far? If so, is that uh, position a matter of conviction or one of fear? That's David French in uh, National Review. All right, let me go to Frank, who's calling from uh, Brook Park. Frank, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for your patience, good sir. Go right ahead.
4: Thank you. Uh, Yes, something we can do, and I'm going to do, is the New York City... Cardinal Timothy Dolan yes, to address the Cuomo disgusting thing that a so-called Catholic did. And I have numbers, phone numbers and names of the Respect Life Office of the Archdiocese of New York. I'd like to give those out over the air. Go right ahead. Okay. Sister Virginia Joy, J-O-Y 646 646 892613. He's the director. And there's a sister, Kia. Let,
1: let, let me, hold on, hold on a second if I may. Let me, let me ask you, where did you get these phone numbers? Were they online? Uh,
4: they're online, yes.
1: It's probably easier it's probably easier uh, my friend if you tell me the where you got them so people can get them nobody's going to remember these numbers but they may remember the the website where they can find them themselves. What website did you take them from Frank?
4: it's It's right off the website of the Catholic Diocese of New York City.
1: Okay, that that's what we needed to know. Yeah, that'll be more I think that'll be more successful in getting people to those phone numbers than than reading them. Uh so Catholic Diocese of New York, search that and then you will find them. I would also say this though in response <laughs> Frank, excuse me to your point about Cardinal Dolan. Cardinal Dolan has gone on the record and said he does not think uh, uh it would it would do any good to excommunicate Andrew Cuomo or any of these other elected officials who are promoting this, this baby murder uh, because it's not going to make them change their public positions. All it would do is it would impact their faith uh, and their, their, their presence in the church, but he said it's not going to change anything, so he has already rejected the idea of excommunication.
4: But that's what I'm, I'm calling about that, and the reason I'm calling about <clears throat> it, sure, it's, it's a big deal, but let's do it. Excommunicate Cuomo. It should be publicized. Everyone else will know it. Including non-Catholics, anyone, period, will know excommunication means he's done as a Catholic. Right. Take a fork in him. He's
1: done. Well, I'm with you. I'm with you. And if we can change his mind, meaning Cardinal Dolan's or other church leaders in the hierarchy, to really send a message to all of those who continue to promote this this murder of babies, uh, Frank, I'm with you uh then then do it uh so so l- if you would like to see those phone numbers and make calls to the sisters that he was referencing or to the uh the uh, new york uh, uh, uh catholic diocese look up and search for new york catholic archdiocese and find those numbers and make those calls <laughs> excuse me as um frankenberg park just mentioned frank thank you and god bless tom in Paw heights is next hi tom go right ahead sir hey how you doing Good. Hey Tom, can you turn the radio down in the background? Tom, can you turn the radio down in the the background for us?
5: That is not my radio. That's my GPS. I'm a truck driver. Ah. Sorry.
1: (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Go ahead.
5: (laughs) Okay. um, First of all, let me tell you what a tremendous amount of respect for you I have. Um, I will say this: I am, I am pro-choice. Okay. And with that being said, I want to let you know. With all the nonsense that's been going on in the last couple of days, I'm embarrassed to be pro-choice. I've never believed in partial birth abortion, and I just have no... That just doesn't make any sense to me. My second point is this. With... First of all, you should be nothing but absolutely proud of your daughter uh, for what... um, for what she has been doing and going to that protest. Now, with that being said, one of the reasons I'm, or two of the reasons I am pro-choice, because I feel it would be hypocritical on my part, because I did participate um, when I was 18 years old and we were in, you know, my girlfriend and I were in high school. Mm -hmm. And I could have stopped it. I'm just as guilty as she was. But the way the Catholic high school I went to worked was and this wasn't the only reason obviously, but the way the school worked was, you know, if, if a girl got pregnant, you were thrown out of the school. Nothing would have happened to me. Right. Now I'm I don't know if that's still the policy in Catholic schools. Um, I do
1: not believe it is, and by by the yeah. way, I, I I went to a Catholic school where the same thing was true. Girl, it's so it's so bizarre and so unfair that only one party is punished with being kicked out of school for such situations. You're right; it's a terrible thing, and I do not think that is the case in Catholic Catholic schools any longer. They, of course, counsel uh, uh, all all you know girls if they if they uh, become pregnant, uh, you know, uh, while while in school. To have their babies and to take care of their babies or give them up for adoption and to give birth, they do that. But I do not believe that either the girl or the hey, girl in the kicked out of here school. For... And, hey, we got to, we got to kill that spot, please don't do that. Uh, so so wow. anyway, to you, but he, let me let me say this because obviously I've got music uh, playing here and I've got to take our time out here. But let me say this to you, uh, and I say this respectfully, and I thank you by the way for your, uh, for your for your kind words uh, and 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 rational discussion about this. Um, if you feel that you would be hypocritical because you participated in something like this when you were a young person, younger person, um, all I can say to you is you don't have to be. You're not hypocritical. If you regret that decision, if you regret it, if it's something that you would not counsel somebody at age, age 18 to do again, uh, you, you can absolutely come back from that. Uh, that's what Abby Johnson's whole life is all about, who I just spoke with, Tom. Her whole life is about regretting the fact that she participated in some 22,000 abortions and led to that massive loss of life. She um, She's trying to atone for that by being a, an outspoken proponent of life. She's not a hypocrite. And if you are somebody who has had an abortion and you now oppose it because it's something you regret and you wish you had, had not done, speak out on behalf of life now. Atone for that just by simply being it's not hypocritical. Always gonna say you can't say that. You're a hypocrite, they're gonna say thank you for coming around to the right side of life. That's that's I fundamentally believe that anybody who has participated in it in the past, regrets it today, has has as has repented for their sin, uh and, and feels like they want to do the right thing now and, and counsel people not to make the same mistake they did, that's not hypocrisy. That is evolution. That is evolution of thought. Mind, heart, and soul. I'll be right back after this. 10 57, the Bob France Authority continues. I'm still looking for the unplanned movie trailer online and uh, at the unplannedfilm.com site. It's not there yet. A caller called off the air, I'm told, and said, um, to tell Bob, just Google unplanned and you'll see it. Uh, that's uh, that's not exactly accurate. If you Google the word unplanned, you will see a preview uh, of un- uh, unplanned, a trailer, if you will, but it's from 2012. It's something from 2012, perhaps uh, an earlier version, something they were trying to do then. It is not uh, what is being released, obviously, uh, on March 29th that Abby Johnson told us about. So March 29th is the premiere of the movie. Uh, The trailer is supposed to drop today. It's going to be released online at the website unplannedfilm.com at some point today. Dave in Rocky River, you're on AM 1420 The Answer. Hi, Dave. Go ahead, sir.
4: Yeah, um, I'm just calling to say thank you. Uh, For what, sir? For calling abortion what it is, infanticide. It's baby murder. Thank you so much. God bless you.
1: Uh, well, thank you, sir. Uh, God bless you for for taking the time and and staying on hold to do that and to say that. I um, I, you know, look, I'm not trying to win awards here. I'm just um, we're we're all doing the same thing, are we not? We're all watching. Uh, these situations play out. The more technology that we have, the more we have come to know exactly how early, uh, in a in a in a gestational period, uh, a baby, which is always a baby, but a baby starts to take on its uh, its full human characteristics and its uh, nervous system is developed. Its ability to smile, to laugh in utero, to have a heartbeat, to uh, all of these different things, uh, we all know. We all know. Uh, what it's about now. And if anybody does not see that as infanticide, the, the murdering of infants, then I don't know what it's going to take to uh, to soften your heart and to open your mind. So thank you for that call, and thank you to my guests, Abby Johnson, uh, uh, joining us, as well as Rob Frost, who is uh, with us in the first hour of the program. Tomorrow we'll have a free-for-all Friday program. Uh, program. I look forward to seeing you and talking to you then. Mike Gallagher's next.
4: Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence.